0: But if you think about the products that exist, especially some of the more innovative verticals that are now beginning to arise, you really find that that's not the right model for everyone. Mm-hmm. When you think of Blue Apron's success, again, don't think you have it in Austria. I'm sure that there are great competitors there, though. <laughs> but Blue Apron has kind of the perfect experience. You purchase the subscription, you can go in weekly, excited to see what menu items exist. Pick the meals that work for you, customize them if you want shrimp instead of chicken, a low carb option, whatever. That is the experience, that level of customization and branded experience is what we want to be able to provide brands all throughout the D2C space and of all, again, verticals and revenue models.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the ecom Ops podcast. Today, I'm talking with Gabby from Smarter, so it was a very smart ecom Ops podcast interview today. Hi hey, Gabby, great to have you here.
0: Yes, thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, I'm really happy. It's a very, very interesting product um, that you have uh, with Smarter. Uh, It's Smarter Recurring Revenue Engine. Um, I'm really curious. Tell us a bit more about that. What's about Smarter?
0: Yes. So what we do is we work with D2C brands all over the world and offer them the opportunity, not just to offer subscriptions on their website, but real membership programs. Um, so whether you're looking to have one product that is recurring on a monthly basis or a build your own box, we help clients with that and everything in between.
1: Okay, cool. Um, and 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 what is the impetus behind the creation of it? Why did you build it?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, I grew up on the Upper West Side of Manhattan and during COVID, I started noticing all these stores that I knew growing up were closing and transitioning to e com so that was interesting to me, but I was uh, definitely not in the space. My history is more on the real estate side of, of the world. Um, met a couple of great founders who really uh, kind of educated me about the e-com space. One being Abhi Ramesh, who runs Misfits Market, which I don't believe you have in Austria quite yet, but hopefully one day. Um, and he talked through the challenges that they had with their subscription billing engine having to ultimately build their own and I saw a huge opportunity for us to be able to help businesses of you know the size of Misfits but also businesses smaller that were just starting out that didn't have that capital to offer a really great experience for their members
1: mm-hmm. got it and and how did you get in e-commerce when you when you uh, coming from the real estate
0: it was the opportunity my my background is in sales so I am really passionate about helping any kind of business solve their problem. In my last role, I was at Reonomy, which is a Series D prop tech company, and we helped uh, commercial real estate agents and debt brokers and investors and lenders all find information that was really helpful to grow their business. So this is slightly different just by nature of the industry being so different, but ultimately we're still helping businesses grow and and increase their revenue, which is ultimately all I want to be doing.
1: Yeah, got it, got it. And what sets you apart from your competition? What makes you better?
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I think that there's room for many players. um, But how we differentiate ourselves is that we really put the end consumer first. Smarter is no code, uh, really easy to install, really easy for the shop to maintain, which are all differentiators in themselves. But ultimately, the product is built around how do we make the end consumer? So you and me, the the people buying the products, how do we make it as enjoyable for them to log in, swap items, buy more products, all with the intent of helping the brand increase LTV, improve retention, and be able to actually offer upsells.
1: Yeah, got it. Uh, you're stating on your website uh, something like, uh, Gone are the days of subscribe and forget. Convert customers to a membership they will want to engage with. So yeah. this, this really sounds like that. Uh, but how do you achieve that? How do you achieve that um, methodology? What, what makes this happen, The strategies?
0: Yeah, great question. So the days of subscribe and forget being gone, really what that implies is uh, there have been kind of limitations that were given to brands, again, of all revenue models, of all verticals in the D2C world, where you could offer X number of products with X frequencies and X percent off. Um, But if you think about the products that exist, especially some of the more innovative verticals that are now beginning to arise, you really find find that that's not the right model for everyone. When mm-hmm. you think of Blue Apron success, again, don't think you have it in Austria. I'm sure that there are great competitors there though. <laughs> um, but Blue Apron has kind of the perfect experience. You purchase the subscription. You can go in weekly excited to see what menu items exist, pick the meals that work for you, customize them. If you want shrimp instead of chicken, uh, a low carb option, whatever that is the experience that level of customization and branded experience is what we want to be able to provide brands all throughout the d2c space um and of all again verticals and revenue models
1: yeah cool Well, we have something similar it's called hello fresh yes exactly uh, yeah that's, that's quite cool um so your tool provides that backend for this so that that um, uh, you can customize your subscription that you have with that specific um, store um, and, and allows the users to, to modify it, to change the intervals, to add, remove products, and especially to upsell products. Is that right?
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. So basically, our team will go into your shop And design based on your preferences, exactly what product selling plans exist, exactly what the branded experience looks like. If you wanted to do a build your own box, you can. If you wanted to have kind of more of a sequential style of subscription, um, where maybe there's a starter kit to begin with, you can do that as well. And then once the, once the team, once the brand actually approves Smarter's work, then we can go live. And the experience for the end consumer is exactly what you described. They can go in and really easily manage their subscription, their membership. The idea is, how do we make it easy for someone to manage their subscription so they don't cancel? That being said, if someone wants to cancel, that's Okay. And we need to normalize that as well. I think that there's obviously a stigma around losing business, but it's okay. There might be seasonality in the product. There might be preference changes. What we do want to make sure to do, though, is collect data on why people might be canceling. So we also have, uh, in addition to everything that you just mentioned, a smart cancellation flow where brands can actually customize why someone would want to cancel. And then we actually create alternative options. So if someone said, I'm canceling because I have too much product the prompt will be, do you want to skip this order instead? Do you want to gift this order instead? And then we collect data on all of that so that even if you do lose a customer, you're learning from that experience.
1: That's very important. So have all the data at uh, the fingertips and understand why someone is not purchasing anymore, why someone is uh, canceling. But tell me a bit more, what what makes the perfect uh, subscription business? What is the perfect brand who should do this?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. And what's Very, very cool is we have data on what works by industry. So if anyone listening to this wants to reach out and find out more specific information for their vertical, we're happy to provide that. But high level, it's making it really easy when you're selling a convenience good. So when you think of water or toilet paper, making it really easy for someone to buy for the convenience, maybe there's a slight discount or free shipping, which we see convert really well, but really, it's about making it easy. I don't want to think about having my water delivered. I want it to be at my front door at the right time. Yeah, but then yeah. there are products exactly, right. And then there are products that are more luxury products, boxes, you know jewelry subscriptions or food subscriptions that have unique items that you really want to create a strong experience. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I came from real estate. And a few years ago, even before COVID, retail started struggling. And the, the future of retail became the experience. Um, and now we see that happening in D2C in ecom too, where it's about creating a really nice flow where someone can log in and feel the experience as if they were going to a restaurant or a beautiful art museum, right? You want to have that connection to the brand through the online channel.
1: Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Um, so I want to build um, a subscription-based business. Um, what shopping cart solution do I need so I can work with you?
0: Yeah, great question. So right now we're on the Shopify ecosystem. Yeah. We go through Shopify's checkout, um, which is a great point. It makes for higher conversion and a really, really seamless flow. Other than that, we'll go in and set up the rest.
1: Okay, great. So I connect my Shopify store, you reach out to me, you help me customize everything or you customize it for me and we're ready to go.
0: It's that easy. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> Perfect.
1: Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Sure. Well, do, do you also think about other e-commerce solutions? So uh, there is not only Shopify. I know it's the biggest one, but there are much, much more like Magento or WooCommerce.
0: Yes, of course, of course. That's on the pipeline for later this year. We'll go into big commerce, WooCommerce, Magento, really all of the ones that our, our clients are requesting. It's just Shopify, obviously, has has more than enough shops to go around. So we found a lot of success there, but absolutely we will be expanding.
1: Yeah, cool. Um, in your opinion, what's the biggest challenge uh, facing DTC brands today?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I think, uh, I think that exhaustion really is. I think that people easily become exhausted and even distracted by a product that they're loyal to. So making sure that you create a really, really great experience because of course the product is going to be good, right? Of course, everyone thinks at least that their product is the best. I'm sure. yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. and, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, for sure. And that's, that's wonderful. But there's a lot of other elements that we have seen interrupt the experience that people have when buying their favorite chocolate or their favorite candy or their favorite alcohol brand online. Um, Shipping delays, for example, right? That has caused a lot of interruption in people's service, but also the the experience online. So we want to make sure that we take pride as a brand in what we uh, create as the experience and make sure that if something like you know, upsell or member only pricing member only drops is going to help that experience. That's what we should be doing.
1: Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you think, um, what are the biggest mistakes that, um, that that the e-commerce store owners currently make? What, what do you see frequently?
0: Well, that's a tough one. So, well, there's a couple, I think one is, and obviously we're in the subscription business, um, but I think we should be honest and say not every product is subscribable.
1: Yeah, it's, absolutely. Yeah.
0: It's definitely a hot topic, right? People love the idea of recurring billing, as you should. But I think that we have to be really strategic about what items we make eligible for a subscription and what the discount is for subscribing. How much do we want to you know, reward someone for choosing the automatic route? And then I think another big thing is And we talk about this a lot is do we focus on CAC or do we focus on LTV and retention? And I think, and I even saw this in my old world working in SaaS where there was such a focus on CAC, which is understandable. Um, It is kind of the shiny object in the room, of course. You want new customers, you want new clients. But at the end of the day, you really have to make sure to still focus on the clients that you have because it's certainly easier if you have a good product to have happy clients than to acquire a new one. Always. That's always going to be the case. Yeah.
1: It was actually even one of my questions. uh, Why do you think that acquisition of customers is not more important than lifetime value? But it it explains it really good because uh, um, as as you said, once you have a customer and you take care of them, uh, they, they will stick with you. You will make additional money with them, especially if it's a subscription business. But not only then, um, if, if you just have, let's say, um, a, a product that is not really good for subscriptions is maybe um, smartphones. Yeah, You have yeah. a smartphone and you need the next smartphone two or three years ahead um, and, and you don't need it uh, in, in two months or in one month. Uh, but, but if you are um, a, a good retailer and, and they are happy with you, then why not get the, the the purchase two years after so um and, yeah. and that's that's fine yeah so big big investments maybe not good for subscriptions i'd say but it would be interesting a smartphone subscription
0: yeah <laughs> Well, and, and think about what the app store has done, right? Yeah. The iPhone is obviously a one-time purchase, but then you see people obviously paying their phone bill, obviously paying for a million different apps. So that really is a subscription business. It really is. And by yeah. the way, the other thing that we haven't even chatted about is those subscribers, if they're happy and they're retaining, they're not just uh, you know paying for their subscription. They're going to be referring their friends and family to your product. They're going to be leaving positive reviews, writing blog posts about your product. So it's definitely more than just the LTV of that one person. for
1: sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how important is automation um, for your company and for your customers?
0: Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's crazy what we hear and, and brands come to us all the time with very, very manual processes in place for billing, literally pushing triggers when someone's subscription is about to renew. Um, we have people with a lot of complexity around fulfillment and the 3PLs that they use. I think there's, you know, technology is obviously the best it's ever been. And let's use it to really make your business as efficient and as seamless as possible because. I really cannot imagine how stressful it must be when someone's, you know, packages are lost or yeah. payments don't go through. I don't know how I would handle that. I mean, I always say I'm lucky to work in tech because I don't have to worry about those things, but obviously, you know, getting a call frantically from one of our brands is is no good either. Um and that's really what we solve for. There's no more you know, manually pressing to retry someone's failed payment or send, sending a manual email to someone saying, Hey, your payment didn't go through. Or you know, do you want to resubscribe? We will handle all of that. And I think we're lucky to be in an ecosystem where obviously there are so many great complementary products to ours in Shopify, where if you have the right tech stack, you really are set up for success.
1: Awesome, yeah. Um, I, I believe that's 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 really a, a very good environment. How do you handle that um, that billing part? Um, you said that um, the 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 billing actually or the the reminders are done by your software. Are you the um, uh, connected to the PSP directly, or is Shopify the PSP? Can the user choose which PSPs they use, or um, are they connected to to specific ones?
0: Great question. So. One of our main main focuses is to make it as secure of a process as possible. So your payment processor is still physically doing the transaction. So everything stems from the same source, which is the same place where your one-time purchases, for example, would go through. What Smarter does is it automates and and you can really customize this flow. What time of the day you want someone to be billed, how you want someone to be notified of that uh, transaction... And basically what we do is make that process automated, even if there's an error, someone's address was invalid or their credit card failed or their email bounced back, whatever it is, we want to make sure that your CS teams ultimately are are saving time not having to work through those issues.
1: Okay. That's very important. Yeah. Because I think think when, when you have a subscription business and you need to Still monitor payments or still um, um, uh, reach out manually? This is uh, a, a, a game stopper, yeah, and, right. and, and that's that's really important to have that automated. So um, the orders of of those um, uh, subscriptions still appear in Shopify, or do they only appear then in your software and your channel?
0: Great question. So. We are totally integrated into the Shopify checkout, Mm -hmm. meaning that the transactions go through as if they were a normal purchase. I think that's another interesting thing to think through is how uh, historically purchases were so separated, right? You had a different product if it was a subscription. You had a different checkout if it was Mm -hmm. a subscription. Our goal is to make it seamless for the consumer. So... Uh, very
1: important. Very, very important. important. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and so everything from the checkout to actually managing those orders, handling fulfillment, and even just looking at what orders have been processed today, all of that goes through Shopify as it normally would. That being said, we also do offer analytics through our dashboard where you can see transactions happening in real time as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. Um, I think... what what would be very interesting uh, would be to know, um, I, I know we talked a lot about similar things already, but um, do you have two or three quick wins for e-commerce store owners? When should I um, start a subscription business? What should I consider? What What are my big my, my three, let's say two or three quick wins?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And I, and I think that they're all pretty easy to do. Um, I wish we saw more of these. So I think one is, making a splash. When you launch subscriptions, let your your database know. right? Whether it's existing customers, repeat customers, or just people even that you have contact info from or through marketing efforts, let them know that you have a really great membership program. Um, Make a big splash. The second thing is, make sure that you have reasons why someone should subscribe. And ideally, it's not just for the discount. Whether you're doing a convenience good, like we said earlier, something like you know, toilet paper, or if it's more of an experience, either way, you really want to have reasons why someone should enjoy the subscription or quote unquote membership. Free shipping is a very common one that I think people miss sometimes, really improves the, the conversion there. Um, it could be a free gift on your sixth order, it could be a free birthday gift, it could be a free goodie and a welcome note in your initial purchase. But really, make it make it a strong reason why someone should want to benefit from from subscribing, and make that clear on the product page. Don't just have subscribe and save versus one time purchase. Show what the benefits are.
1: That's good. What do you think about limitations? Like what? Um, when you when you when you have have the possibility to um, make limited editions of your products, and you put that as as a benefit.
0: Great point. Yes. So that's one of the things that Smarter does. We have uh, this portal that's totally branded where the consumer can go in to manage their subscription. In that portal, you can actually have products that are only available to members. You can also make it a member marketplace where because you're a member, you receive, let's say, 10% off any additional one-time goods that you purchase or subscriptions that you purchase. But that's a great point. I think um, we work with a lot of brands actually that are now starting to do this, where you see... You know, for October, for Halloween, we're going to be doing limited time flavors and drops. But you have to be a member in order to receive those goods. I think it's a very, very cool marketing idea.
1: Yeah, I also believe that limitation was always a good good thing. Uh, Is it in uh, sales campaigns when you have the deadline in uh, two or three days? Uh, And you see that the purchases are increasing that time frame um, if it's uh, limited editions for printings um, on on textiles so that you just have that specific um, um, thing. And yeah, yeah, subscription really allows you to play with that, I think.
0: Yes, Um, well, scarcity is. As old as time. I mean, you know, there's there's a Trader Joe's that I go to, and Trader Joe's is king of scarcity because they have limited time drops of every item. And I went in the other day and they they have Bamba normally, which is an Israeli peanut butter snack. They just released bomba that has hazelnut inside of it. Yeah. And I literally saw people putting 30, 40, 50 bags <laughs> in their cart running, running to the checkout. People were like yelling at the at the workers of Trader Joe's, saying, "We need more bomba, We need more bomba. I mean, that is crazy, right? So that's really crazy. That you yeah. Can, yeah. So, to the extent that you can use scarcity to help your business, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great marketing strategy.
1: Yeah, it's like Apple does actually. So every exactly. time a new iPhone comes out,
0: exactly <laughs> it's the same exactly. thing. And yeah. by the way, when I was you know, this was, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to age myself, but many moons ago, uh, one of the first releases I stood online in the heat for like six hours outside of an Apple store in New York. So oh, yes, Jesus. I'm, I'm, I've fallen victim to Apple's poise for sure.
1: <laughs> That's great. Okay. Um, let me ask you the last question for today. Um, who has taught you the most about e-commerce in your career?
0: I mean, I'm going to go cheesy here and, and, and say our clients. Every yeah. day, I learn from brands all day what has worked, what hasn't worked, what challenges they have. And everyone comes with such a unique perspective. You have first-time entrepreneurs who are new to e-com, who have such innovative ideas. You have you know legacy pros in the e-com space that have been running companies for a long time. And I think just really accumulating the data that everyone provides us is the best the best teacher? It's amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our clients always are very good teachers, especially for tech products and in e-commerce. Anyway, you learn so much. Um, thank you very much, Gabby. It was really a, a great interview. I wish you all the best with Smarter and yeah, good luck.
0: Yes, looking forward to talking soon. Bye. Bye
1: bye. And that's it for this episode of the Ecom Ops Podcast. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e-commerce operations experts, please search for EcomOps Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app, and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.